Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh back here. Great to be back. Crazy week 10 of football. I'm going to get into all the games that happened this past weekend. I'm also going to preview the Rams-Niners Monday night football game tonight. Then I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NBA, my college football playoff rankings as well, and some reactions to some of the games that happened on Saturday. And then I'm also going to give you my first college basketball top five rankings as well already the first week underway. And to me, there have been some good teams established and some teams that are playing as advertised. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start with the Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, Monday night football game, tonight. Who do I like? Why? Storylines involving this game. The Rams, three and a half point favorites uh, tonight. Started out bigger in the week, but there are two big things that have happened since my last podcast that will affect the game tonight. That is the signing of Odell Beckham Jr. My reaction to that when I first heard that is, man, I really don't want to watch the Rams play or, you know, do anything. This is, this is just too much. You already have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Van Jefferson, Higby. I mean, is it too much? Is it just too much to have all these weapons? I didn't like the signing at first just because of other teams that I am rooting for and have other rooting interests in. But then it made sense. Uh, you know, he loves L.A., best friends with Von Miller, who just got traded. So it made sense in that aspect, even though he wanted to get targeted more, be that guy, uh, and he's going to a team, and he's fighting for Van Jefferson for the third spot because they have two solidified spots. So that was something that concerned me right away. It's how is the chemistry going to mesh? Then it came out the following day that a big hit was taken to the Los Angeles Rams. That is them losing Robert Woods. OBJ does not offset that injury. Let me make that very clear. I do not believe Odell Beckham offsets the Robert Woods injury. Back a few years ago, I would say yes, that does. But with OBJ playing in his career right now, with Robert Woods, no. That is a huge loss for them because Robert Woods can line up anywhere on the field. He can, whether it's at the slot spot or at the Z on the outside running deep routes. I mean, Robert Woods can do it all. He can chip defensive ends. He is the guy. I love watching Robert Woods play. Uh, there was a chemistry there between him and Matthew Stafford as well. Not as much as him and Cooper Cup, uh, but Robert Woods was a main number two on this team. Real steady uh, wide receiver and football player. So when I heard news of that, it shocked me, but also made sense if the signing happened that same day. Now, Odell can uh, erase, you know, or live up to some of his production, but he can't live up to all of what o Robert Woods does, especially not tonight. I know Odell's playing tonight, but you cannot expect a lot out of Odell tonight. 
because he hasn't even had a full week of practice yet. He was signed Friday, uh, Saturday. You know, you go through your walkthroughs and sessions both days, so he hasn't had a ton of practice. Maybe just throwing the ball around with Matthew Stafford, but I don't think he is in a position to be there on a ton of plays in no the offensive playbook. Uh, so I don't think the chemistry between him and Matthew Stafford are going to be there, you know, like Matthew Stafford has had with the other wide receivers. So I think right now OBJ will be slotted as the third wide receiver. I think you'll have Cooper Cup as the main steady number one. I believe he will have a ton of targets tonight. That's the one Matthew Stafford clearly feels comfortable throwing the ball to. I believe it will be a big game for Cooper Cup uh, tonight. I believe Van Jefferson will actually be the second uh, wide receiver on their team who has the second most targets. I believe Odell will get thrown to occasionally, but again, as I think, he's not that acquitted uh, with the offense. Uh, so I think that is a huge loss for them. And we also don't know if Von Miller will play on defense. They only want to let him play if he's healthy. 100% healthy, and I don't think he is that way yet. I still think he's bothered by that ankle. I don't think he'll be playing tonight. That's another uh, hit on this defense that's, you know, to me, uh, made some big stops, made some big plays, but really, to me, they've just been average this year, even though they have tremendous talent. So that's how I'm looking on the L.A. side of a football. San Francisco. George Kittle. Very blunt. On the 49ers issues, uh, that is the turnovers and uh, the defense not making enough stops. Very honest about it, and I agree with him more. I do believe the 49ers are a talented team. I really do. Uh, I believe they have talent enough that can win a lot of football games on there. But it's just been a tough road for them. Again, the defense has not lived up to expectations. Uh, Fred Warner, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Ken Law, all of them. Offense has sputtered uh, some injuries. George Kittle uh, being out. Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. So they've had some injuries uh, bug them. I'm not going to make excuses because they've had winnable games that they should have won. I point to last week where the Arizona Cardinals, with no Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins, obliterated them, scored 31 points on them, and it was uh, 31-7 to at one point. Not even close. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing for the 49ers. To me, the ultimate lowest point for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. That's how bad it was. Do I really think they can rebound? You know, you have two things here. Sean McVay and the Rams who haven't beat the 49ers in years. And then you have San Francisco, who hasn't won at home in years. One of those things we won't be able to say after today. Either San Francisco will get that home win, or Sean McVay and the Rams will finally beat the Niners. And I believe it is the first. I believe the San Francisco 49ers will win tonight. I'm saying this for two uh, two reasons. And I picked the 49ers more than I probably should have so far this year. One reason. I've got Debo Samuel on my fantasy teams, both of them. And I need them to have a big night in both leagues. That is the main reason for my picking them. 
The second reason uh, for my picking them is this is a must-win game. You look at the playoff picture now, and you're halfway through the season, and you have to look at it. There's no ignoring it. You have to know what teams you have to catch up and what teams you can't. And right now, you're in a decent position. You're at 3-5. and five. The Team Carolina right there is at 5-5. Five and five. So you're in a spot to catch them. This is a big win tonight. They have more tough games on their schedule. As I said, they play the Rams tonight. They also play them one more time. They play the Titans, the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Vikings. They have tough teams on their schedule. They have to win some big games, and they have to beat good football teams to make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Tonight is a big test because if they want to win a football game to get into the playoffs, it starts tonight. You can't be 3-6, and six, I believe, and have a realistic shot of making the playoffs and losing to good football teams when you have more good football teams left on your schedule. I believe Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. I believe he is in a decline. I no longer think he is a great or elite coach like he was a few years ago, but he's got talent. I think they're going to have to use Trey Lance if he's available to some extent, running some RPOs, forcing the ball out quickly. I believe Debo Samuel will have a big night. I believe George Kittle will have a big night. I think this offense, another weekend with George Kittle, finds its groove. I believe this defense makes some timely stops as well. I think Kyle Shanahan knows what game plan Sean McVay has up his sleeve. I believe this will truly be a chess match of coaching. I believe Kyle Shanahan will outcoach him. And possibly a third reason why I'm picking against the Rams is how bad Matthew Stafford looked on Sunday night football tonight or last week. Do I think he follows that up with another repeat a bad performance like last week? No, but again, it's a road game for Matthew Stafford, primetime. Him and primetime don't really go well uh, together. I know they're one and one this year. They had a big one over the Bears, but against the Titans last week was shocking. I think if the 49ers can generate enough pressure up front, and I think the Titans, Mike Vrabel, had a great game plan. It's not using, you know, Nick Bosa uh, to get to the edge, which will allow Matthew Stafford to at least step up in the pocket to make throws. It's the inside pass rush. I think they're going to try to get him with four Kinlaw down there in the inside, try to pressure Matthew Stafford up front. And if they can't, I think they'll bring five down the middle, whether it be uh, Fred Warner or another linebacker, just bringing five uh, people to block. And I believe they will try to generate pressure up the middle, which would then allow Matthew Stafford to roll out of the pocket. But then you have you know Nick Bosa on the side uh, to clean that up. So I believe there is a game plan for the 49ers to win. Yes, they have to execute it perfectly, whereas with the Rams game plan, uh, maybe, maybe they don't have to execute it perfectly, maybe at 90%. But to me, this is a must-win uh, for the Niners. They can't hit any lower than what they did last week. I believe the Niners come out uh, with a win, ascending the Rams with two straight losses. And this loss would be huge because the Cardinals 
just lost last week. Uh, so that would be a big, a big loss uh, for them. And to go into the bye week, you know, with this, but I think that's what's going to happen. I believe the Rams drop to seven and three. The 49ers are sitting there at four and five. Now moving on to yesterday's game. Big Chiefs fan, wearing my Chiefs hoodie right now. That doesn't mean I always pick the Chiefs. Yesterday was my first time picking against the Chiefs. Pick Vegas. I was humbled yesterday. Severely, severely humbled. I went as far as to not even start Patrick Mahomes in my fantasy league. And for those who love fantasy football, like myself, you see Patrick Mahomes on the bench throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. That's one of the greatest, you know, fantasy nights you can have is when there's five touchdowns. It's brilliant. I know each league with points is different, but in one league I'm in, he's sitting there on my bench, 50 points. I wouldn't really need to worry about Debo Samuel tonight, would I? Patrick Mahomes is back. That's what I felt last night. This is the analogy I'm going to use, is I'm a big Marvel fan, uh, is in Spider-Man 2, the original one, uh, with Sam Raimi and uh, Tobey Maguire, uh, you know, halfway through that movie, uh, Spider-Man slowly starts to lose his partner, uh, powers. Peter Parker, he has to put the glasses back on, uh, can't jump from buildings anymore, uh, can't spin the webs, uh, and he just is a normal, normal team. Uh, and that's what this team has looked like majority of the season, uh, especially the past three weeks. Mostly Patrick Mahomes has just looked like an average Joe. Last week against the Chiefs, only 166 yards. Jordan Love uh, was better than him last week. Of a week before against the Giants. Throwing in an interception under 300 yards, 50% completion percentage, uh, wasn't good uh, against the Titans. Didn't even score a touchdown. Biggest uh, loss of his career, 27-3. to He just looked normal. There was no semblance at all. Then there's a time in the movie, in Spider-Man 2, where Spider-Man is back. Not when he jumps across the building screaming, I'm back. And he obviously doesn't have his powers. It's near the end of a movie where he gets beat by Doc Ock. Uh, and his glasses are on and he's like flipping through them and he knows he has his powers back. I felt that last night. I felt like Patrick Mahomes knew he had his powers back. His offense was back last night. Being the Chiefs offense, scoring 41 points, first time scoring 40 since week four. Brilliant performance by Patrick Mahomes. As I said, 400 yards, five touchdowns, no turnovers by him, which I love to see. The connection to him and Kelsey. Kelsey is a river that runs through this offense, not Tyreek Hill. You have to get Kelsey involved in moving. That is what they did. They also got Tyreek Hill involved. Daryl Williams in the receiving game. Over 100 yards. Uh, Pringle, Hardman, Robinson. Everybody got their turn. The third string tight end, Gray, got his. 
This was masterful performance by the offense. Patrick Mahomes was brilliant. Quarterback rating of 83. This offense, this was one of the best offensive performances I've seen all season. Last night, a lot of people writing off the Chiefs. I was very concerned. I picked against him. I said, I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs. And then they pull this on me. They pull the hopeless sand back up is what they did. And it was simply brilliant. Over 500 yards of total offense as well. Uh, just great. Just great. And another thing I liked is the defense. I'm still holding out on the defense. I'm not saying the defense is back. They were never there uh, to begin with. But they have been playing better. In recent weeks, yes, you know, they haven't faced great teams. You know, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, you know, the Giants. I mean, come on. Uh, Next week is the real test for this defense when they play the Cowboys. That's when I'll make a true assessment on this defense. That'll be a pivotal game for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs are looking good right now. They're back, at least on offense. Patrick Mahomes is back, but the Raiders... Oh, the Raiders, it's tough for the Raiders. Two losses in a row. I think I agree with what Chris Collinsworth, Al Michael says, is is there just too much distractions now to overcome? You had the John Gruden firing, and then now the lawsuit, uh, new coach, Henry Rugg situation, you know, getting rid of another first-round pick. I mean, and then you look at your schedule, it might be too much for them to overcome. And this is also... Typical Las Vegas, start hot, finish cold. Uh, looks like the cold is starting before Thanksgiving for them. Seattle and Green Bay. Thought the Green Bay would win with Aaron Rodgers back. And they did. They shut the Seahawks out. 17-0. to Aaron Rodgers, to me, didn't look great. You could tell he missed some practices. Had 10 days off. You know, wasn't as crisp. But still, I take ten, Aaron Rodgers with 10 days off. Then most other quarterbacks had a lousy interception to Jamal Adams. And congratulations to Jamal Adams, your first interception as a Seahawk. Your best game as a Seahawk. I mean, that was a great performance. That is the reason why the Seahawks traded two first-round picks for you, was to play like that every week. If he continues like that, I like it. This defense has been good. They held the Packers to just three points in the first three quarters. I believe this defense is slowly turning the corner. Uh, Big game next week against the Seahawks. Uh, But, I mean against the Cardinals. But the Seahawks, too many self-inflicted wounds. Carlos Dunlap, it's still 3-0. You throw the shoe after a timely stop. And after that, it's 10-0. I mean, did nobody watch the LSU Florida game last week where Florida up, they throw the shoe and they end up losing. And since that moment, it's been terrible for them. Hopefully that same thing does not strike the Seahawks. But really, uh, come on, you've got to do a better job than throwing the shoe. You're a professional athlete. you got to do better than that. Uh, Russell Wilson, two interceptions. A crazy one to Kevin King, uh, which was a bad throw. But still, that should not have been called an interception. Uh, you look at it closely, even though he did pick it off and it was hit 
by Jamal Adams. It looked like he didn't have full control going down and it hit the ground and he then used the ground to reestablish control of the interception, which would have been an incompletion. Uh, the officiating always poor, not calling false starts. That is why I think Lambeau is so tough to play. It's not because of the crowd noise or anything like that. It's they have the home officials. They do. They just do. A week after, you know, the Steelers, uh, uh, Bears debacle. Now you have the Green Bay one. I mean, the rest need to do a better, more consistent job uh, than what they have been doing this year. They abandoned the run game early. DK Metcalf at the end of the game uh, got ejected. He wanted to grab everybody's face mask. Hasn't really lost his cool so far this year. Yesterday he lost it. Said he's tired of losing. I get it. You're three and six. However, I said the Cardinals, I believe, or the Seahawks can still go ten and seven. I believe, but they lose this game to the Packers. I still believe that's realistic. They aren't have to steal one against the Cardinals, and I believe they can. Uh, big game for them next week, and I think you will have the return of Kyler Murray and him. But Green Bay moves to eight and two, back to the best team now. In the NFC, difficult schedule. Coming on up now, we'll see what the Packers are made of moving forward. Another big thing, Aaron Jones, mild MCL sprain for the Green Bay Packers. We'll see how quickly he heals or not, but that could be a big loss uh, moving forward considering they play the Vikings, uh, the Rams, the next couple of weeks. We'll see the severity of that injury, but he could miss those two games, two big games the next two weeks for the Green Bay Packers. Philadelphia and Denver. I thought Philadelphia would win this game, picked them, and yes, they did. The Broncos, you know, after scoring 30 points on the Cowboys, winning 30-16, to Got a taste of their own medicine. Philadelphia put up a 30 spot on the Denver Broncos. Jalen Hurts was great. Jordan Howard was effective running the football. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sorry, just could not do much. The red zone offense, terrible. One for five. That's atrocious. You just can't uh, go into the red zone that many times and not score points. Especially touchdowns. It's shameful. It's shameful. The red zone is a red zone for a reason. You're within the 20-yard line. You've driven down the field this much already. And you can't get points. It's just pathetic at that point. I also could not get the running game going. Whereas Philadelphia did 214 yards to the Denver Broncos 96 Philadelphia actually also had more rushing yards than Denver had passing yards. I mean, they were just effective. Jordan Howard, Bart Scott, Jalen Hurts, they were all effective for Philly. Not one was effective for Denver. A big loss for Denver as they have a tough schedule ahead of them, and they said at 5-5, five and five, whereas Philadelphia still in the wild card race technically, and they also have a very favorable schedule coming up. Could they be a team that tries to sneak in? Minnesota and L.A. I think I might be done with the L.A. Chargers. I think I just might. Uh, we've lost three 
out of their last four. Uh, the loss to the Vikings, which to me, they never were in control of this game at all. Austin Eckler uh, not really churning out yards anymore. Uh, Justin Jefferson wanted more targets, and indeed he did. At nine receptions, 143 yards, Kirk Cousins looked good. Dalvin Cook also was effective. I mean, Minnesota is another team sitting right there in the wild card race. Big games coming up against the Packers and some good teams. That'll decide their fate. But it's so much more uh, funny to see how much great Kirk looks, you know, in the uh, daytime compared to the primetime night games where he folds like a cheap suit. Uh, but again, the Chargers had a stranglehold on this division. We're sitting at one loss there. Now they have four. They lost, you know, their spot where the Chiefs are at now. I mean, the Chargers have to find some semblance of where their offense was a few weeks ago. Yes, Justin Herbert, I believe, has to be a bit more effective. This defense has to come up with more stops. Uh, They have to find something. Arizona, Carolina. Can't really say I was blessed to see this game live as I was there at State Farm Stadium watching Carolina whoop a can of you-know-what on the Arizona Cardinals. However, the one great thing I got to see was live in the flesh. Cam Newton say, I'm back. I was able to hear it from where I was sitting. It was I was elated to see Cam Newton back, score that touchdown right away, and then the pass right there. But the Cardinals, this did not look like the Cardinals of the previous Nine weeks. I'm sorry. I know Colt McCoy had a great week last week, and I figured that one great week from Colt is all you get. And that ended up being the case. Colt McCoy was terrible. 107 yards, one interception. James Conner wasn't effective. The Panther defense looked brilliant. You know, PJ Walker and Cam Newton were a decent tandem. But the big thing here was Christian McCaffrey. The Cardinals had no answer. They could not tackle last night. They couldn't even cover him last night. He had 95 yards carrying the football, and he had 66 yards uh, receiving yesterday. It was that bad from the Cardinals. They did not look like the 8-1 team, the team that many uh, people had as the best team in the NFL. That came knocking hard yesterday. It's clear to me, that they need Kyler and DeAndre back if there's any chance to win any big game. Yeah, it was a humbling loss uh, for them yesterday. It tightens up them even more. And again, the unusual week, a team like this where you saw Arizona beat down a team last week and then lose this game was bad. But then Carolina, big win for them. Now sitting at 5-5, Matt Rule said the Cam Newton thing wasn't to sell tickets, it was to win games. That was living proof yesterday that it was. And again, their next three games are easy before they have a brutal four-game stretch. If they can win against the football team, the Dolphins, the Falcons, get to 8-5, and five, they might be able to steal one of their final four games, which will be tough because those games are against the Bills at Buffalo, 
the Saints at New Orleans, and then a home in a way against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So brutal finish to the season. But if they win their next three, anything is possible. We'll see if they can do it. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, can remain healthy, this is that team that looks much different than where they were on that four-game losing streak. Tampa Bay and Washington. My goodness, Tom Brady. Uh, been riding the GOAT train for a while now, talking about the GOAT train. And here you are, crashing and burning against a football team. You know, I gave a football team a little life saying, you know, Taylor Heineke, he was good against them last year. Maybe he'll exact revenge on you. But at the same time, I'm like, Tom Brady can't allow that to happen. The Bucks can't allow it to happen. And it did. Tom Brady threw two interceptions in the first quarter. One of them, you know, was a little, I thought, not his fault. The other one clearly was. Uh, had his hands on his knee, looked bad. I mean, this was his worst performance. I mean, he just threw two against the Saints. I'm not saying or going to slander Tom Brady at all right now, but the offense has to clear up the turnover issues. It needs to put a kibosh to that. The defense also has to play much better. The final drive of like 10 minutes and 36 seconds. You don't even give Tom Brady the opportunity to even get the ball back. 10 minutes. You're on the field for 10 minutes. This defense, again, especially the pass defense, it's that bad. They need to fix a lot of things moving forward. I know Bruce Arians wants to call out Tom Brady all he wants, put all the blame on Tom. But I don't know if B.A., you've been watching that defense, if you need to go over to Todd Bowles, but say, hey, I know Tom Brady's throwing a couple picks, but a 10-minute drive, that just can't happen. That can't happen. Bad for them. And again, another team that upsets a good team and puts them still in the playoff hunt. Detroit and Pittsburgh, a tie. Oh, is there anything more unlike Detroit been to tie this season. At least it secures that they will not lose every game and go 0-17. That's good news. But sloppy play on really both sides. No Ben Roethlisberger out due to COVID. But sloppy play. Pittsburgh, three turnovers. Both teams look bad. Jared Goff only threw for 114 yards. He didn't look good. DeAndre Swift you know, carried the rock, you know, they just couldn't score in overtime. Uh, neither could the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Detroit Lions missed a field goal there at the end to win the game. Uh, then at the end, I believe Fryermuth fumbled the football, uh, which was big. TJ Watt, hip injury, that is huge. He could be out a few weeks. As I said, Chargers schedule gets tough. They need TJ Watt if this defense is going to be good when they face their next few offenses of Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, who's already beat them, Lamar Jackson, they're going to need T.J. Watt. But the one funny reel was Najee Harris knowing or not knowing that they could tie in the NFL. Didn't know you could tie. Have you watched any NFL season in the previous five years? It seems like there's always been some tie. It happened to be your team, but again, Pittsburgh, no Chase Claypool, no Ben, TJ Watt That's the result you're going to get is a tie. Now, the Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. Buffalo back on track after a brutal loss 
last week to the Jags. Said enough is enough. They win yesterday. Big, big win. 45-17. to The Buffalo defense was great. Forced four interceptions. Mike White threw. Josh Allen was terrific. That's the quarterback I started. Not as terrific as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but still decent enough. Stephon Diggs. That was the Stephon Diggs I'm used to seeing. Saw last year. That was his best performance of the season so far. Eight receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown. The Jets, to me, really at the bottom of the barrel right now. Then, Cleveland and New England. And as I said, nervous about Cleveland with no Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Yes, the shroud of OBJ is gone, but they go as the running backs are gone. And thought it could be a game early. Great opening drive by Cleveland. That was the only great thing Cleveland did. New England, another team, decided to blow out Cleveland 45-7. to The Patriots look good. They are really clicking. Started 1-3. They're 5-1 and one since that start. They are playing great football. This defense, as I thought, would be really good. They are playing that part. Mac Jones, to me, is progressing with the recent struggles of the Bengals. Mac Jones in a big stage. Jamar Chase was a lock early for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Can Mac Jones make his case? 452 yards of total offense, 268 passing to 184 rushing. This is a balanced attack. This is a Bill Belichick coach team. Mac Jones outplayed Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield got injured in that game uh, with a knee injury. Case Keenum came in, as I said before, and I'm going to say it again. I think last year was the Browns' year to kind of capture that lightning uh, in a bottle experience to try to win it all, and they just can't. This is another team reeling at the moment. If Baker Mayfield doesn't play their running backs route next week, they get the Lions. Could the Lions... Tie with another AFC North foe. But the Patriots are lurking there, still in the playoffs, but lurking in the division. Two games left against the Bills. I really do think the Patriots are going to win this division. Bill Belichick looking like the coach to play the part. Looking at Tom Brady's two recent struggles in the past two games and saying, yes, you told your story last year. I want to tell my story this year. What a chance that could be. And I believe he has some games on his schedule, which he can do just that. Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Indianapolis played it much closer than I thought they would 23-17. Yes, the Colts were in control for most of it. But with Derrick Henry out, it looks like the best running back in football is still in that division. That's Jonathan Taylor. He is looking and playing the part. 21 carries, 116 yards, a touchdown. Looks like the Colts are going to go as he goes. Carson Wentz is effective enough with Marcus Pittman. But again... Jonathan Taylor looks like he's the guy. The defense is improved again, 5-5. Five and five. Big win for them to get there. 
Tennessee and New Orleans. Julio Jones back on IR, but then again, the Saints have a bunch of players on IR who would win it out. Tennessee improves to 8-2, and two, tied for the best record in all the NFL. The best record in the AFC, Mike Brable has his troops in order. They have the easiest remaining schedule. To me, they have the inside path to get that first round by. I really do think that would be huge for them. And another key thing as well, even if they tie and have three losses with Buffalo and Baltimore, or if it gets to four, they do have the better conference record than Buffalo and Baltimore. So because of that, they would still win the tie break. That is big for Tennessee moving forward in their path. And then the Saints, I don't know how many games they'll be able to win with all those people out, especially the quarterback. Uh, Kamara was a big one. Uh, if he's out for an extended period of time, it's really season over. In Atlanta and Dallas. Dallas, after getting embarrassed last week, decided to hand that same embarrassing experience over to the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, three points, 43-3. to three. It was close enough, 7-3. to three. Then a volcanic eruption in the second quarter of 29 points. Where it was 36-3 going into halftime. I mean, it was total, total explosion. Two interceptions uh, by uh, Tan or Matt Ryan, the backup that comes in, Josh Rosen. And then he throws an interception to only one completion. But the Falcons, again, squeezed out a win against the Saints, who are shorthanded. But the Falcons, another team that were shorthanded yesterday, uh, Dallas got the huge win, rebounded greatly from that. And again, as I said, they're setting up a big game next week against the Chiefs. Then one game I just barely want to touch on, even though it happened last week, but that's the Rams-Dolphins. A lot of people pick the Ravens, myself included. Miami stunned them. That is a huge loss and will have implications down the road, I believe. Miami, great blueprint for stopping Lamar, and that's just blitzing the crap out of him, uh, not giving him any time to throw, knowing he is not the most accurate passer in the world. Great formula by them. That's a lot of NFL. Now moving on to the NBA, where I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NBA right now. Number five. The Chicago Bulls, yes, they lost Vucevic, but they've also had been playing good basketball. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, star DeMar DeRozan. I really like the compliments of veterans, young pieces in this team, the defensive intensity they play with. The Chicago Bulls, to me, are a really, really good team. Number four, the Washington Wizards. After the tumultuous year, Last year with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they trade Russell Westbrook away. Now they have the best record in the Eastern Conference at 9-3. and three. And yes, I'm surprised as everyone else. Uh, but they're playing really good, especially 
at home right now. I can't take anything away from the Wizards, uh, from Bradley Beal, uh, from Kyle Kuzma, uh, and the way they've been playing. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, they've all been playing really, really good. Number three, the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Phoenix Suns sort of struggled early on in the season, but it looks like they have found a groove. Uh, Chris Paul, great offensive display yesterday. Uh, schooling, uh, I forget what rookie it was, but took him to the house. They've won eight in a row as well. A big, big uh, opening season so far for the Suns. Number two, the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, to me, look like they are back on track. Uh, the second team to have won 10 games so far this season. They look good. Looks like they don't need Kyrie at the moment. Uh, we can put that noise away for now. Kevin Durant, James Harden are as effective as they need to be. Number one still remains the Golden State Warriors NBA best 11-2. and Steph Curry, front runner for the MVP already. The depth of this team is also fantastic. Steve Kerr, a great coaching job. The Warriors, I like, up and down. Surprising loss last night uh, to the Hornets, which was a close loss, but the big uh, loss for them nonetheless. And it also sets up a big game for them between my number one team and my number two team, the Nets Warriors. Tomorrow night, TNT, to me, that is must-watch right there in Brooklyn. Huge game for both these teams. Won't pick that game because it's tomorrow night. But tonight I will pick two games. The Nuggets and Mavericks is the first one I'll be picking. And I'm rolling with the Mavericks. I like Jokic and the way uh, Denver is set up currently. But again, I think that's too much for Luka. You're really having uh, two-man shows or two one-man shows right here. Jokic versus Luka. You're looking at which one will prevail. I think it will be Luka tonight against the Nuggets. Then the Bulls and the Lakers. With DeRozan, Zach, and them healthy, I do think Chicago will beat Los Angeles. Los Angeles, to me, has been too hot and cold, you know, miss or not lately to start this season. I just don't know what I'm going to expect. It's like a great Anthony Davis performance or, you know, a great Russell Westbrook performance here or there, and then a bad bench or a good Carmelo and terrible Russell. I just I don't know what to expect from this team yet. I don't think they found their groove yet, so I can't consistently pick the Lakers and say they're that team yet because I don't even think they know what kind of team they are yet. Now I'm going to react to some of the games in the college football world. Michigan, Penn State, what a win. My boys in blue, the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh, couldn't echo him enough or what, or enough. How about those Wolverines? That's not grit. I don't know what is. I concur with you, coach. Jim Harbaugh looking like Ted Lasso in most post-game press conferences. Giddy, happy, I mean, that is brilliant stuff. This is the chemistry. This is the Jim Harbaugh of all that I'm used to seeing. They're sitting at 9-1. and one. They beat Penn State, who they haven't beat 
in a while, it feels like, especially very Penn State. I think it's been since his first year in 2015. Gritty performance, 21-17. Michigan, terrible first quarter, but the defense, Aiden Hutchinson, Ojabo, kept him in the game long enough for them to take the lead, 14-6. And then just when Penn State scores 11 unanswered points, and this is a game Michigan tends to lose, they just don't. They win. Cade McNamara is right. This is a different Michigan team. I look at a game like this, uh, Nebraska, those are two games in the past. They would lose. Yes, they lost that one to Michigan State. But in those games, they are two in one. Whereas in years past, I believe they would actually be 0-3. And, and instead of 9-1 and uh, right now, they would be 7-3. and But that is not the case. Wolverines look great. Oklahoma-Baylor. Oklahoma facing its first real test of the season. And down they go to the Baylor Bears. Caleb Williams didn't look great. Two interceptions. You put Spencer Radler back in there for the fourth quarter. He also did not look great. I would have stuck with Caleb Williams if I was Lincoln Riley. Uh, but at that area, is kind of just too much. Baylor was up 24-7. to They won 27-17. Put the offense back on the field. Baylor stormed. What a great win. To me, that kind of eliminates Oklahoma from the playoffs contention at all. Great win by Baylor. Mississippi State Auburn. Auburn won. Looks like Bo Nix is out uh, for the rest of the year and will need surgery. Big loss uh, for Auburn moving forward. Georgia-Tennessee. Tennessee, could they pull the upset? They're up 10-7 to into the first quarter, looking good. And then Georgia just puts on the Nas and runs away with it early in the second quarter. Purdue, Ohio State, could the spoiler makers do it again? I was just a little weary of them doing it. They've done it twice. I don't think they can do it three times. A lot of attention on Purdue as well. Ohio State played composed after struggling the past two weeks against Penn State, Nebraska, turned down or turned in a midseason performance, really did beat the Purdue Boilermakers bad, 59 to 31. Very impressive win by Ohio State. CJ Stroud also was brilliant, 361 yards, five touchdowns. Minnesota, Iowa. Big game for the Big Ten West. Iowa got the win. Petrus out due to injury. Padilla getting the start. To me, he looks a little better than Petrus. To me, he might be one that gets the nod. To hope Wisconsin loses one and you went out to try to get to the Big Ten championship game. Texas A&M will miss. Game day, a lot of hype around the Texas A&M defense and where they're at. However, I just don't count out Lane Kiffin. Matt Corral, a little banged up. Doesn't matter. Was great. Ole Miss defense also was good. I look at where they were at. Big win by Ole Miss. Because of that, to me, that essentially wraps up Alabama's case of winning, you know, the SEC West. North Carolina State, Wake Forest. I said Wake Forest. Big loss last week, but they're just explosive on offense. They can do it. And yeah, they did that. Washington State, Oregon. 
Would a top five team lose this week? Nope. Oregon said it won't be us. Uh, Brown was efficient, both throwing the football and running the football. It was too much for the Washington State Cougars. So because of all that, you have an AP poll. But then again, who cares about the AP poll? You have Alabama jump Cincinnati. You have everybody move up a spot. Oklahoma drop eight spots. Texas A&M drop a few spots as well. Again, this is really no foreshadowing of anything. It's weird because, you know, when I'm watching a Michigan game or other games, it's like, oh, you know, their streak against AP opponents. And it's like, I don't see a number next to Penn State's name. I don't know if they're 23. Are they really 23 if uh, they're losing? I mean, I don't think so. So, yeah, uh, that's the one thing. But with all that being said, my college football playoff rankings – my top six teams, this would be my top six if I was in the committee revealing it tomorrow. I know last week it was the top seven. Who knows if he'll do that again, but I'll give you my top four and next two out. Number one is Georgia, 10-0, and and to me it is looking like they will finish 12-0 and with a couple of easy games coming up against Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. Best defense in the country, allowing less than 10 points a game. The offense has also been explosive. When needed, this team is the team to beat. Number two, Alabama. I won't say beating New Mexico State, you know, cements you as a great team, which it doesn't because they struggled in recent weeks leading up to this game. But it looks like they found a groove, and now they finish out against Arkansas and Auburn. What do they do now against those two teams? But Bryce Young, Heisman candidate, Cannot count a Nick Saban team out. I like them at number two. Number three, Oregon. Why? To me, they still have the best win over Ohio State. And they've also been beating uh, teams convincingly. Washington State, uh, Washington, Colorado. They have a good win against UCLA as well, which I respect. Of course, that loss to Stanford uh, does look really ugly considering they're 3-7, and seven, uh, but still, a win against Ohio State means something to me. Number four, Ohio State. After struggling in a few recent weeks, they decided to wake up against Purdue. Uh, C.J. Stroud, the offense, to me, some things I just need to tighten up for or Ohio State is the defense and the pass protection, uh, giving C.J. Stroud a little bit more time to throw a football, but then again, that's when they play good defenses. Purdue does not have a good defense. Five, Michigan. Why? They are just a really good, complete team. Be a To me, a good Penn State team who should be ranked. They have wins over Auburn and Wisconsin, who are all in the top 25. Uh, to me, Penn State should have been ranked, uh, but even though they are unranked, that's still a really good win. They're a complete team, strong defense. That's top five in the country, top four. Uh, they have an efficient offense, really balanced, great offensive line. Uh, they've also beat teams by a wide margin, and they've shown style points early in the season and even against teams that committee respects like Wisconsin as well. Six, Michigan State. Yes, they have a great 
regular season win to be the second best against Michigan. Uh, even though they struggled against, you know, lost to Purdue, Indiana, uh, Nebraska. You know, they just beat uh, Maryland, good team, which leaves Cincinnati out. To me, they don't have a wow moment. Even watching them play South Florida, they didn't wow me. I wasn't didn't fall in love with them. It was close there for a while. Yes, they break up the 55 a touchdown run there at the end. But again, nothing Cincinnati does is overly impressive. Yes, they beat Notre Dame. I'll give them that, but I really don't count the Indiana win. They don't even have a Power 5 win this season. They're 3-7. and seven. I mean, they're just that bad. So those are my top six teams in college football. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. That is two SEC teams and three Big Ten teams. Now moving on to the final thing. College basketball. Yes, it's early in the season. But to me, some teams are already as good as advertised. One, UCLA. Watched them beat Villanova. Close, thrilling game. Going into overtime. Thriller Johnny Juzang was brilliant in that game. UCLA looks the part. That's also a tough place to play. Gonzaga beating Texas. Timmy, great 37-point performance. That was a 1-versus-5 matchup. And Gonzaga... Still looks like the number one team in the regular season taking down a Texas team early in the season. Already great games being played. Another one, I'll say Duke beating Kentucky, which takes me into my top five teams in college basketball right now. Number five, Michigan. Yes, they haven't played any great opponents so far, but they're 2-0, and scoring a ton of points. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson is a part. Caleb Houston. Looks like a great freshman coming in. Uh, this team is balanced. They're playing great defensively. Juwan Howard has the troops in order early on. Number four, Duke. Big win over Kentucky to start the season. And another win uh, yesterday. Duke, I believe, will keep on winning Coach K's final year. Uh, I fear Duke a lot moving forward. Number three. Kansas beat a Michigan State team who I still respect even though they're not ranked. Got a lot of respect for them. And then also the job Bill Self has done, the recruiting, uh, people coming in there, especially with the Texas loss, still looks like Kansas is the team to beat in the Big 12. Number two, UCLA. Like I just said, big win over Villanova. They still got tough opponents coming up. Uh, but you do that to a well-coached Jay Wright team with, again, another team with national championship aspirations. Great performance by the team that decided to come back for another year, which you hardly see in college basketball this uh, this often. Then number one, it's Gonzaga. I mean, they're just so efficient offensively and defensively. Uh, two games in. Uh, Texas couldn't even handle them, even though Villanova had UCLA on the ropes. I could never say that about Texas. Texas had nothing. They were flattened uh, early on. A great win by Gonzaga, always in control. Uh, Mark Few, one of the better coaches uh, in college basketball. That's why they're sitting there at number one right now. So those are my top five teams in college basketball. Michigan, Duke, Kansas, UCLA, and Gonzaga. This has been Get Your Goat. 
a lot of sports coming in still. Who do you got tonight? Monday Night Football, Rams, 49ers. Should be fun. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.